0: super talk mississippi media production specializing in ford nissan chrysler dodge jeep and rams corinthautogroup.com and fordofcorinth.com where cars and happy drivers meet visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve
1: howdy howdy it's rhino here and i wanted to say thank you for listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
2: The JT Show on Super Talk Mississippi, real talk for real Mississippians. Now, here's your host, JT. JT.
3: Did you get that mic? Boom it over here.
4: <laughs> 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 Woo!
5: Oh.
3: Here we are
4: again on this wintry morning. <laughs> How many is this in a row? I don't know. <laughs> I'm losing count. I quit, I quit counting. I, I've lost... I don't know.
3: Well, I'm here. That's
4: all I can tell you. Uh, Yeah. And that Hilton's really something, isn't it? <laughs> They're doing the best they can, they're, honestly. They, they, I mean,
3: they're, they're nice people. They're, they're trying yes. to be as accommodating as possible.
4: They they are, and they have no control over the fact that we have no water. <laughs> and, you know, the little things in life yes, start to take on <laughs> new importance and meaning. <laughs> when, Like water. But, listen, <laughs> we've got power. In yeah. the, here, obviously, in, in the hotel, which is better than a lot of folks, uh, certainly correct. out in Texas. The situation in Mississippi, from a power perspective, still outages, but certainly not that bad, as it is elsewhere, I should say. And at 1020 today, we've got a call again with the National Weather Service to get an update To see what's going on, and I heard um, the Sackerley on this morning from the CEO um, of Entergy. I heard him on with Paul talking about the situation there. And, you know, again, they're doing the best they can. And I've gotten reports from friends who say they see the crews out and about doing what they can to restore power and keep the power ginning here in the Magnolia State. It's just it's just a problem, and I think we're having some issues as well, right, with the network as a result of ice and, and uh, the other wintry elements that also impact radio broadcast on the air. So if you're hearing this, it may not be an issue, but if you're having an intermittent signal, please switch over to the website, and you can... Access the website, the full website, even from your mobile device, and it will conform to the screen size of your mobile device, just so you'll know. So it it's not the app, because I think there's still some technical issues with the app, but the full-size site works just fine on a mobile device, and you can listen to us live there, which I think a lot of people are. And we appreciate that and hope we can... Inform you and maybe entertain you a little bit during the middle of the day. Lots going on. And saw an interesting story yesterday out in Texas where they're really having a a time with this storm. And folks are, are just cold. And so they're taking to actions, undertaking actions that, are certainly not recommended but I read these stories about families with small children and so forth trying to keep them warm and they're starting to build like little fires and stuff in ceramic vases and containers inside their homes some stories around the Austin area uh and it and of course, it gets smoky in the house, and then other folks are using their gas stoves to produce heat and that's a problem, as you know, when you've got the uh emissions coming out of the stove that are dangerous so man, please be careful, folks out there and I'm not sure what the solution is it's cold there's no power. But uh, do everything you can to stay safe. Let's put it that way. And and you just you hate to see those stories. And hopefully we'll get through this thing in a short time period. Here it's getting kind of kind of old. At a minimum, uh, also saw an interesting story here in the Magnolia State, Perez, about a dedicated, very dedicated worker down in the Hazelhurst area. And she works at a nursing home, and it, this was uh, reported that she works at the Pinecrest Guest Home, and she lives in Byram, so she's about 25 miles, that's just south of Jackson here on uh, I-55, headed south, and she works in Hazelhurst, about a 25-mile drive down the interstate. She says that she loves and cares about her residence, and so she got on a four-wheel drive, a four-wheeler, excuse me, a four-wheeler, to work her shift at the nursing home. She drove her four-wheeler 25 miles to get to the nursing home to take care of the residents. She was described by the guests. Her name, by the way, is Deshamante Cooley, and she was described by the guest as a tough lady. I guarantee yeah. you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty uh, much a done deal. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. if you, Looking at so, the so-called silver linings, the goodness in people, that heartened me when I read that story that this lady cares enough about these elderly folks in the nursing homes to get on a four-wheeler. And drive all the way down there in the conditions, it kind of makes our little couple of block drive not look too bad, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean, but it's very dangerous, though, isn't it, for her to be? I would think so, but apparently she made it, and her, the guests, the residents who think very highly of her and, and uh, enjoy her care were very grateful, as they should be and appreciative, but that's, uh, that's a national story in my view. That's something good that happened here in Mississippi that should get national notoriety. Now, I know there's tons of cases like this across the country. I think there are a lot of people that are going above and beyond to take care. We just see so much discord, so much conflict, so much hate. I'm tired of it. And, and this is a, an example of, of love. I uh, just care for a fellow human. By the way, I did not hazard the drive after the show yesterday from here two blocks down the road to where we're bunking. I I don't know about you, but once I got out from under the uh the covered walking area there that leads up to the main entrance of the building. Yeah. I did a little Greg Luganus flip. Did you know? <laughs> It's slick, and when I got to my vehicle after walking, you remember, oh shoot, his name escapes me, the guy that played the old, um, old Tom, uh, from Carol Burnett, the guy that played the old guy, <laughs> what is his name, Tom? He played the old, the old man that walked very slow, always hunched over, Carol Burnett was his secretary. Uh, his name escapes me right now. I don't know why. I guess too much other stuff in my head. But anyhow, that's the way I walked. About six inches at a time. Uh, uh, one foot in front of the other to get traction Till I got to my vehicle. And then I started slipping and sliding again and said, I think I'm leaving it here. So I elected to walk very gingerly and I approached the gate to our parking lot here. And it, of course, opens in. And I had to get close to it to summon it to open. <laughs> Tim Conway, my Tim bad. Conway, Tim, yeah. Con- not okay. Tom. Tim, I was close. Thank you, Mike and Richton, Arlen and Wayne County. Just drew a, uh, a a void in the brain. I got some others there too. Anyhow, I stood in front of that gate, and it starts to open toward me. And there I am trying to walk slowly to avoid contact with it. (laughs) Else it knocks me once again to my rear. And that didn't happen. And so I I, I managed to make the trek over to the hotel. And it was treacherous, even in the parking lot. I think you told me you experienced the same. I I
3: experienced uh, a minor fall. (laughs) And I was thinking, God, I don't want to break a hip at this point. I just don't.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. Only to learn that we don't have any water. (laughs) And then then the only source of entertainment, if you could call it that, the television in-room, it decided to (laughs) display the ant races, as we say. Right, right. Instead of something that was consumable. Yeah. But you know what? We're here. We're alive. We're well. We're honking. We're doing fine. There are a lot of people a lot worse off than we are. God bless them. Stay safe, folks. We got the National Weather Service coming up to give us an update here on the JT Shows. Perez and I will be back with that.
6: Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it would be too difficult? Then try Babbel. Babbel starts by teaching you words and phrases that gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations. So in 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking a new language in a few weeks. Babbel is built around real life. It teaches you practical conversations that you will actually use. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
7: Folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3
4: Welcome back everyone, the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi, Gerard Perez, by the grace of God in the studio, and now joining us, Perez?
3: Hi, uh, it's Mike
4: Evingston. Great. With the National Weather Service? Absolutely. Mike, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Well, tell us what's going on today. We, uh, <laughs> hopefully the worst of this precip at least is behind us, but what can we expect for the next couple of days?
11: Oh, well, I don't know if the worst of the precipice is still behind us yet. We still have a winter weather advisory out for uh, central Mississippi all the way back into uh, the Delta region, and the radar is continuing to show, and we're still getting reports of uh, some light wintry mix going wow. all across the uh, Louisiana parishes, across the Delta, and we're, not, and we're still getting icing, and it's still bringing down tree limbs and... Additional power outages are being reported across the area. Uh, we're gonna start to see a little bit of a warm up from the southeast this afternoon, and the precipitation falling across the area will taper off. So by this evening, we're looking for dry weather. Unfortunately, uh, over the next couple of days, the uh, temperatures are really gonna plummet at night. We're gonna go with a hard freeze warning, generally along the northwest of the Natchez Trace, where some of the coldest temperatures expected to get down below twenty degrees. So for those people that you know are without power and may not have uh, ways to heat their home, that's gonna be a greater concern. So we've got a hard freeze warning in effect for tonight. And Friday night will actually be cooler or colder I should say than uh than tonight. There will wow. be more of the area that will be in the teens. As a matter of fact, uh, the teens will go all the way down almost to the uh, Interstate 59 corridor, but uh, the whole state will be in, in freezing. But during the day, we'll start to see uh, warmer temperatures. It looks like the same Delta area, Washington around Greenville, Bolivar County, Sunflower County, and LaFleur will probably stay below freezing even on uh, Friday. So this will be a prolonged, I think they're chiming in on a record or getting close to maybe a record long duration of below freezing temperatures there at Greenville will continue to monitor. We've set all kinds of records with record low temperatures, you know, and record snowfall and and record cool highs uh, almost for the last five, six days now. So uh, Some of those cold temperatures will continue until we get into the weekend. When we start getting into the weekend, it'll be warmer and then our next chance for rain will be Sunday night. And at this point, it looks like it'll be rain and not a wintry precip. But uh, maybe some of the Bolivar County up there in the you know our far northwest will be watching the temperatures and make sure the precipitation gets out of there before, wow. before it gets colder on Monday morning again.
4: Well, yeah, appreciate you correcting me on that, unfortunately. I guess I was looking more at central Mississippi at the forecast, and it looks like maybe less precipitation Uh, is uh, expected in that area, but but certainly not too far to the north and the northwest of here, in the delta. Yeah, I I see that now. So that that doesn't bode well for getting this stuff out of here, does it?
11: No, and uh, some of the stuff that's not showing up on radar is like freezing drizzle, which... Mm across some of the area you can still get this like little sheen or glaze of ice and sometimes that's more slippery than the you know the the grinded Mm -hmm. down snow or the grinded down sleet so gotta watch out for like the black ice especially on the on the nighttime it's that type of thing
4: yeah absolutely and and of course uh just the expectation of more and further power outages as a result of the limbs getting heavy. I I just noticed on my little distance between here and where we're staying, you see the pine limbs starting to droop pretty low there. A couple of them, in fact, uh, down in in, uh, uh, blocking kind of your view as you're motoring on some of these roads. I noticed that, so...
11: That's right. We're seeing a lot of a lot of the reports, or maybe most of the reports, are from the pine trees, the soft the soft yeah. woods that are collecting the fruits. And you know the winds aren't that great; they're about ten, fifteen in some spots. But the wind, when it blows ten to fifteen on some of those limbs, that's what's helped snapping them. You
4: know, uh yeah. Falling. Yeah. So water hanging around on those trees, and then when the temperature falls, it, it I guess it turns to ice. It weights them down, and off they go. There you go. Oh, man, oh man! When, when, when's the last time we had something like this? I mean, is this unprecedented, or or is this kind of a repeat of something we've had before?
11: Oh, I have to go back through the climate records, but uh, I know that back in 1994 across the delta, that was probably one of the worst ice storms that I can uh, recall, and that that chopped trees down like in half. You know, they were, they were capped at maybe a hundred feet, some of them. So that was one of the biggest ice storms. But so we've had, um, ice storms like every, every three or four years. So it's not really unprecedented, but it is setting record low temperatures. So you can say it is definitely a record event because we are recording, uh, uh, you know, record cold all across the area. And like I said, we're kind of getting close to the record duration. It's heading, you know, usually we get a cold event. Maybe it's two or three days and this one's prolonged. So, you know, it's a long cold event. It's kind of a rare event, but uh, I don't know if it's unprecedented. We do get uh, intrusions like this, cold air intrusions, in the south, especially this time of year in the December and January. Now we're already through midway February, so that's uh, another thing. We should start to slowly uh, warm up on the on the mean temperatures and whatnot.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Perez is signaling <laughs> he's doing his body English to try to raise the temperatures <laughs> I, I don't know if that works uh, Perez but i certainly appreciate that so yeah I guess that's probably what is, is maybe kind of just observing anecdotally it's just a duration as you referred to I, I don't remember normally when those ice storms come through it, it, it seems like it's bad it's 24 hours we lose power and, and you can't drive on the roads. But then shortly after that, it seems to thaw out and, and turn to water and things kind of get back to normal. And it's a 24-48 hour sort of event. But this has like been all week.
11: That's right. We've had this arctic air mass kind of locked into the region. And then all these disturbances and moisture, you know, streaming atop of it. And it's been period after period of uh, of wintry type mixture.
4: Yeah. And and headed, uh, let's see, earlier this week, as the storm headed to the east, I believe, if it was part of the same system, spawned tornadoes like in North Carolina and so forth.
11: I believe uh, even yesterday there was a threat of severe just to our southeast. It was basically south of Hattiesburg, so it didn't really affect us. But, uh, yeah, the Storm Prediction Center uh, had like an outlook for a marginal and a slight risk down around Mobile area and the southeast Louisiana, and I think, yeah, they're still dealing with it over in maybe uh, Florida, Big Bend area and stuff.
4: Wow. So a a storm like this, a a winter-type storm, where where does it sort of originate? Is this kind of a normal path? It looks like it's cold air. Just in my amateur observation, it looks like it's cold air coming from our north-northwest, and then moisture being drawn up from the south colliding and causing this big mess—is that what's happening? I could be wrong. I, just looking at the maps; it kind of looked like that's what was going on.
11: No, you're, you're correct. It's very, you know, to be very simplified, that's what that's what it takes to get, you know, these type of storms. But when we say Arctic air mass, we're looking for a very cold air mass that originates, you know, you just say close to the North Pole, hmm. versus like a Canadian air mass or some, you know, not as cold. And dry air mass. This one was an Arctic air mass or originating from the the north, and it came down <clears throat> farther than it usually does. So that's why we're saying it's you know setting record cold temperatures, especially across the south here. Um, sometimes they come south, but they don't come as far south. This one came you know all the way down to our area, and it you know got stuck here.
5: Yeah.
7: But
11: uh, over top of it, you're right. The southwest flow over top brought you know, warm moisture from the Pacific right across uh, you know the southern states and the. You know, we've been getting a little bit of influx from the Gulf, but not much. It's been pretty much cut off. So all the moisture that we're getting is from the west and the southwest and, and blowing right atop the cold air. And that's what it is. It's a cold shell. And that's why it's mostly a rain and freezing rain event. Cause we're not really seeing cold air aloft or that deep. So we're not seeing a big snow event, even though they've, you know, record or they're racking up um, inches of snow to the northwest. We're dealing with this uh, transition of freezing rain and sleet, you know, mixed in with some of the the rain and, and whatnot. But if this was truly cold all the way through the atmosphere with the moisture, we'd be looking at, you know, record snowfall amounts all across, like, you know, inches.
4: Yeah. Well, and I noted the other day, I can't remember, um, Perez, who we had on, but we had a temperature inversion going on, which was the cost for not having snow uh, being the primary form of per- precipitation, but rather this freezing rain sleet and ice. Just a bad situation that we need to stay safe. We certainly appreciate you coming on the program today and informing us and keeping us informed uh, here at Super Talk. I know our listeners really do appreciate it as well. We'll do our best to stay safe and thanks for keeping us going. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. Appreciate it. We'll be back with more here on the JT show after these messages. Please stay with us.
6: The American Heart Association is working to put water within reach of Mississippi children. That's why we're asking you to support House Bill 925. This important legislation would make clean water more accessible to school students and mitigate the spread of germs. By ensuring newly constructed and majorly renovated schools include water bottle filling stations, we can improve the health of Mississippi children. Text water MS to 468
0: of nurse practitioners.
14: Hey guys, I'm Michael Clark with Ace Bolton Screw Company. We have been locally owned and operated for over 50 years. Come by and check out our newly remodeled store. We've got all the biggest brands of power tools and hand tools. DeWalt, Milwaukee, Makita, Channel Lock, Irwin, and Lennox, just to name a few. Let us help you get the job done right. Come see us at Ace Bolton Screw Company, Jackson, Tupelo, Atlanta, and Gluckstadt.
13: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Power companies are doing the best they can to restore service to thousands of customers across the state. The worst hit areas are in central Mississippi, along a corridor from Highway 84 in the south to Highway 82 in the north, where they had freezing rain that took down power lines. We have
15: been fine with generation in Mississippi throughout that. The fact that we're a part of this grid and we all have to make sure it stays stable and reliable is what's led to some of those curtailments. So right now, that is not a precedent an issue. We got to monitor it. We do expect another peak this weekend.
13: Haley Fisackerly, President and CEO of Entergy Mississippi, says right now they're focusing on getting the power back on. And more first-dose vaccine appointments were made available this week. But Governor Tate Reeves says the weather has presented some challenges.
16: We've had to close a large number of our vaccination sites, so this is going to be a challenging week with respect to that. We're going to reschedule automatically those appointments that we're not being able to fulfill.
12: I'm Andy Davis.
17: The new voice is here
2: on Super Talk Mississippi. Dan Bongino. He's a former Secret Service agent, police officer, best-selling author, and host of the fastest-growing conservative talk show in America, The Dan Bongino Show. Each weeknight starting at 11, Dan Bongino tackles the hottest political issues, debunking the rhetoric, and giving you the hard-hitting truth. The Dan Bongino Show. Weeknights at 11. The Dan Bongino Show on Super Talk Mississippi. JT, Mississippi's voice of reason. That's reasonably funny. And Rhino, Mississippi's most eligible bachelor.
18: Ooh, sexy.
2: Together, they bring you the JT Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
18: You're bringing out the...
4: bringing out something. I ain't sure it's Elvis. But <laughs> oh, my gosh. So our friend at Leip well and Supply Company sent us a message and said, referring to the nursing home worker that uh, took it upon herself to get on a four-wheeler, and travel from her home in Byram all the way down to the nursing home where she works in Hazlehurst, some 25 miles south. Lightwell and Supply says, When I hit the lotto, I'm going to buy that lady a Hummer. <laughs> to help. Yeah, her. Yeah, <laughs> that'll help her out. I'm just astonished. But, you know, I shouldn't be. Because, again, it, it just seems like in our voyeuristic society, in our clickbait society... In this diverse media universe we have, we just like to focus on the bad. We we like to attract people to these sensational stories of gotchas and eye poking and and the like. And this is a good story, and I wanted to share that. But I appreciate that, like Bob, I'll pitch in with you, except I can't play the lottery. That's the only only problem on that. You're part of the lottery, yeah, right? I am. Had a board meeting this morning. As a matter of fact, I was participating in that here in the studio. You walked in, heard it, on my phone. And, uh, you know, we had the big jackpots back in January, the, the multi-state jackpots, right. Mega Millions and uh, Powerball. And that, as you can imagine, uh, stimulated sales, uh, certainly for those games. The scratch-off games stay fairly consistent from week to week, but nonetheless, who the um, the amount that we will be transferring to the state for the month of January, and just saw that in the board meeting. Uh, and so, a pre- I don't want to get ahead of that. A press release will be forthcoming with the exact amount, but let's just say it's it's big. It's a goodly sum. Yeah, it's it's good, and in um, in for the state of Mississippi. It's a good thing. Keep in mind, folks, that the uh, 80 million, the first 80 million of net proceeds produced in a fiscal year by the Mississippi Lottery Corporation goes to the State Highway Fund and all the excess over 80 million proceeds in that same year are transferred to the Education Enhancement Fund. So fairly confident that uh, we're going to easily hit that $80 million target For Roads and Bridges, that threshold, much sooner than I think uh, thought, based on our budget starting out for the year. But all good news there. And, you know, when those jackpots get up high, it's what they call FOMO, fear of missing out. And so, folks, uh, you know, you got to have a ticket to have a chance. (laughs) That's kind of the way that deal works.
3: No ticking, no lunch. That's
4: it. (laughs) You remember that? (laughs) That's right. That's awesome. Uh, So, by the way, talking about Tim Conway, the way I was walking like Tim Conway, his character, uh, Mike uh, in lets us know, the character was Mr. Bernie Tudball. He was like a business executive manager. And Carol Burnett played his like it's assistant and she was Mrs Mrs Awanda oh okay <laughs> oh man so Mrs Awigans and <laughs> the skits were fantastic but I I just couldn't help but think about the way he moved about uh sort of shoulders hunched over and placing one foot in front of another with much care about two inches at a time. That's sort of the way I walked from here over to the hotel last night. So, anyhow. Meanwhile, while we're experiencing this crazy weather, came across this last night. China. You know who those guys are. (laughs) The nation of China. Mm -hmm. So they're working on a weather modification program. (laughs) Groovy. Thanks.
3: I don't think we need that, but go ahead.
4: (laughs) uh, This is nothing new, but they have decided to invest and focus on it with more vigor. They say they will be able to cover half the country in artificial rain and snow by 2025.
3: Leave me out of this. (laughs) Leave me alone.
4: Not sure why they're doing that. I I think they said that uh, it's... Their aim is to increase agricultural production, which I guess does make well, you sense. Well, you've got a billion
3: people, you've got to feed
4: them. Got to feed a lot of folks. Uh, says it will also alleviate disasters such as drought and hail.
3: Hmm. Okay.
4: And facilitate emergency responses to forest or grassland fires. Sure. Might need that in California. So that's interesting. They're, they're generating artificial rain and snow, is the way they describe it. Okay. And this was something, by the way, that was discovered in the United States in 1946 by a chemist working for General Electric. It, China launched a program in the 60s, uh, but it involves injecting chemicals, as you can imagine. Uh, silver iodide and liquid or liquid nitrogen. I'm not exactly sure what that is because I'm not uh, a chemist and not very familiar with chemistry. Although I did have Sister Anna Cleta at St. Joe where I went to high school. She taught chemistry. Little short, um, none of German, came from Germany, immigrated from Germany, and still spoke with a German accent. <laughs> she said, you, you must learn your chemistry, and she wasn't kidding. She tried to show the um, the properties of like magnesium or something one day, and she lit it on fire. And she threw it in the trash bin in the classroom, and it became a bigger fire <laughs> in the classroom there, I and mean, like uh, a
3: dumpster fire right there. <laughs> it was a
4: dumpster fire. <laughs> oh, Tim and McGee says China better leave the weather to God.
3: <laughs> they don't believe Tim. <laughs>
4: I think that's right. God, who's that in China? Uh, so the Jason says, that lady doesn't want a Hummer on ice. I've done it. You get that, that heavy sliding, and it don't stop until it either hits something bigger or it flips over, which, by the way, flipping over, I think we've had some reports of that. Yes, sir. Flipping over, and we've seen some photos that have been sent to us of folks flipping over so wow Um, interesting uh, situation going on with the weather hopefully everybody is being careful and good luck to china with their exploits and trying to make it rain and snow we don't want any of that around here so
3: I think i've had enough rain and snow to last (laughs) me for a while now
4: Had my quota. <laughs> For this and next year. Thanks. <laughs> um, jobless claims are always out on Thursday. And claims were up 861,000, the number. And so that is thought to put a bit of a damper on the economic recovery, or it's certainly thought to be a a An indicator of a less than robust economic recovery but it it's just oscillates from week to week it's kind of hard to tell given these uh, uh, unusual economic circumstances Uh, the prior week was 848,000 and then they revised it Uh, that was a revision from the prior report of 793,000 and that seems to always happen you get a report And then a week later, they revise it. Most people fail to check the revised report and sort of focus in on the actual report. But we'll see where all that that goes. The um, Walmart, by the way, reported earnings and did pretty well. It was a little below expectations. But get this, they have decided to raise the wages as Walmart for 425,000 workers. 425,000. It said the, the pandemic boosted its business. Well, I, I reckon it's the only place you could buy anything for a goodly period of time. They, um, they had strong holiday sales. They did predict slower growth coming up. But nonetheless, they said they would raise pay for hourly U.S. workers to an average above $15 an hour, up from an average above $14 in 2020. Wow, its minimum starting wage for workers remains at $11 an hour. That is more than the present seven and a quarter minimum wage, less than the the desired $15 an hour. So. We'll take a break, come back with a final segment in the first hour here on the JT Show. Perez and I will be right back.
7: Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils. Walking into Carter Sledge Family Dentistry is like walking into
2: a spa. With its relaxed atmosphere and luxurious setting, you'll definitely feel at ease. At Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, you can choose either a male or female doctor, whatever makes you more comfortable carter sledge has the very latest in technology like same-day crowns find out more at carter sledge carter sledge family dentistry lake harbour drive in ridgeland at carter sledge family dentistry our smile begins with yours
19: a complete flight source is proud to announce that Mississippi has a new state flag. We're taking orders now for all sizes of the newly designed State of Mississippi flag. Flags are in production and soon you can be flying one at your home, school, or business.
2: When you mix in some ACDC and Van Halen with a hammer and power tools, you get the perfect combination that can fix anything around your house. Buddy Slowick. The Rock and Roll Handyman. Saturday mornings at 10. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're brand new to the DIY craze or a seasoned veteran, The Handyman Show has something for you. Buddy Slowick shares tips and tricks on everything from odd jobs to complete build-outs. From small home repairs to serious construction. So no matter if you're at the master carpenter level or not quite sure how to use a level, The Handyman Show answers your questions with a healthy dose of humor and some great music, too. Saturdays, 10 to noon on Super Talk Mississippi and on Super Talk TV.
12: Happy New Year from Keep Mississippi Beautiful. This is the time to plan ahead
2: Wake up with Gallo. Go to bed with Bongino. It's kind of like the radio version of a panino. Yeah, that's right, a panino. A radio panino with all sorts of good and gooey Mississippi ingredients right in the middle. Deliciously addictive. Paul Gallo, mornings at 6. And Dan Bongino, late nights at 11. The perfect way to start and end your day on
7: Super Talk Mississippi. Gallo here back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. with all the news, weather, traffic, and info you need to start your day in the Jackson metro area. Right now, more of the JT Show on Supertalk Mississippi, 97.3. Oh,
5: but still want to make your opinion known?
2: Well, you know you can send JT a text message, right? Go ahead, text your thoughts to 601-879-4395. That's 601-879-4395. Use your fingers and join the conversation on Supertalk Mississippi and supertalk.fm. Lonely days, lonely nights. Where would I be without my mom?
4: Lonely, lonely days, lonely nights. Lonely nights, where would I be without my mom? Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the JT Show, Supertalk Mississippi. Note that some of our towers are experiencing uh, technical difficulties due to the ice and other sort of stuff that interferes with an off-air signal. And so you can still listen to us if you've got Internet access. You can do that on your mobile device or your full-sized computer at our website, supertalk.fm. Um so, Gary in the Berg says the pioneers of our country would be ashamed of us today. As two or three days without electricity does us in. They did not have any electricity, cars, running water, nothing. Have we become soft? No, I, I think I, I hear you, and that's a plausible uh, sort of observation. I, I think it's more a function of that we've we've just developed and oriented our society around, and our and our way of life around. Those comforts which humans have innovated and created. I hear you, without the heater in my room, it's cold, but i got no other way to get warm. At least the pioneers could rub sticks together or whatever they did. They could ignite a fire. What's so funny? It's true. We don't have anything. They just went down to the stream and got water and heated it up right over the fire and then poured it on their head. We can't do that. And like you and I were discussing at the break, never has a hot shower been so important <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> I got plenty of soap, by the way. Just, I'm good with the soap. And I will tell, I'll tell on myself. So we've got bottle water being provided graciously by the hotel. And I used that to shave this morning. That was weird. So, what I want to tell you is how many times while shaving, did I turn that water faucet on and stick my razor under there, yeah, and nothing, nothing comes happens. out? Yep. It's just such a habit. You know, you stroke it a few times, and you stick it under the water, and there ain't nothing there. And so then, of course, I did drink from the water bottle to swish the toothpaste, <laughs> cleanse my mouth. Later on, I go to get a drink of water, and it tastes like toothpaste, and that sucks. <laughs> Uh, I am
3: glad the people who don't have power can't hear us whining about.
4: I, I agree.
3: I know I'm serious now. I mean, we're whining about not having warm water. I agree. And and the ability to, to to to
4: you know. You're right. The stuff we're used to, and you're you're absolutely right. There are a lot of people that are much worse off than than you and me, and many others. And I I don't know what to say other than we're. We're sorry for the inconveniences and we're praying that those folks out there working to restore them get that done as soon as possible. It's just a bad situation and I don't certainly don't uh, mean to appear to be complaining. I'm not. I'm just sharing what life's like around here in the in the hotel and the studio world for a week. <laughs> that's
3: all we got is that's the all hotel we got. and the studio. Yeah, that's it.
4: Um, I did again. I managed to make my way up to the Waffle House yesterday. It was open this time, and did uh, warm food. I did, and it was takeout only. Oh, and and so the I did hear one of the cooks say. By the way, she was changing shifts, and on her way out the door, she said, "I I, I just don't think I can look at any more eggs." <laughs> <laughs> You're a cook. Get over yourself. I think she had been. Oh, whatever. fixing a whole bunch of eggs because nowhere to eat and i think they had probably record dining and, and i but i thanked her again i said i just want you to know i i thank you on behalf of all those who you fed thank you for getting in here and and cooking for us because this is like it within miles i think for us and now i'm here in uh, maybe our listeners have some information on this as well. The grocery stores are now running short. I saw photos yesterday of long lines at the local grocery stores. What? And they're they're not. The shelves are empty, like pre-hurricane. That's
3: that was my uh, that's my go-to this afternoon. Are you
4: saying that? Good luck to you. I'm saying that photos I saw had like folks with full baskets, backed up about 40 deep to get through the checkout. And so when you see that, you pretty much naturally can conclude that they have just emptied the shelves. Okay. So I don't know where all that's going, but... Whew. Mike and Gulfport says, Walmart's trying to get started on wage increases to lessen the impact whenever... Uh, The $15 minimum wage, I think he's referring to, gets approved. You can rest assured prices will be going up just as quickly as the hourly rate. One thing you can count on with Walmart is not being a follower, but setting the pace. We shall see. I don't know that you can necessarily conclude that. Um, Again, that's a rational, I think, um, thought. But not sure if that will be the case. We shall see. We've done an hour here on the show. And we got some news coming up for you. And uh, then later on, I think, is it at 12? We've got Gordon Fellows from yeah. the Mississippi Bankers Association will right. be joining us. Stay tuned. You're listening to the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone Tree Pros. 601-345-8090.
20: News, I'm The brutal winter storm being blamed for 30 deaths across the nation is also keeping COVID vaccines from reaching some Americans. The
21: Centers for Disease Control and Prevention expects continued widespread delays of vaccine shipments over the coming days. We think it's going to come hopefully by Thursday or Friday. Florida governor Ron DeSantis on hundreds of thousands of doses stuck somewhere in a truck. Fox's Jeff Minasso. About a dozen states across the Midwest to Texas, Georgia, and New York. Also experiencing weather-related delays with FedEx and UPS vaccine shipments also being delayed out of Kentucky and Tennessee, both of those states now under winter
0: storm warnings.
20: And Illinois State Congressman Democrat Michael Madigan resigning his seat. He maintains his innocence after being implicated in a statehouse bribery investigation. America's listening to Fox News.
13: Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Tomorrow will still be cold, but Daniel Lamb at the National Weather Service says the sun will come out and that'll create some melt off on the roads.
15: Uh, Because it's going to be cold again Friday night, so there could still be slick spots even into Saturday morning. And that refreeze could stretch pretty far south. Potentially some refreezing even down into the Pine Belt. into tomorrow morning
13: and because the storm has impacted so much of mississippi and because road conditions may clear up for a while and get treacherous again it could be early next week before some residents get their power back
15: when you get into some of these rural areas hard to reach places it could stretch this restoration out so there are customers already who are still dealing with multi-day outages
13: that's Haley Fisakerly, president and CEO of Entergy Mississippi. Earlier this morning, power outages statewide stood at 172,000. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. Criminal scammers are calling people posing as local power companies demanding payment. The Mississippi Public Service Commission says no Mississippi Electric Utility will call a customer and demand payment. If you receive a suspicious call, don't give them your credit or debit card information, just report it to the PSC immediately. And a bill in DC could assist state veterans homes in Mississippi and across the country.
15: Introduced
17: by Senator Roger Wicker, the State Veterans Homes Relief Act would allocate $500 million to address the current backlog of projects at these facilities. According to Wicker, this would include the construction of the Gulfport State Veterans Home, which has been approved, but the project was left without Funding over the past fiscal year. I'm all
13: shook up. In August, mm-hmm. fans can come together once again mm-hmm. to remember the King of Rock yeah. and Roll on the 44th anniversary of his death. Graceland has announced visitors can attend Elvis Week from August 11th through the 17th. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
6: .com. Gallo
7: here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 till 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Just when you
2: think you've heard it all.
0: Heard it all. Heard it all. Heard it all. Heard it all.
2: It's time. It's time to kickstart another hour of the JT show. On with the show. Showtime. Now, here's more with JT. On Super Talk, Mississippi.
4: Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi, on this wintry Thursday, just cruising through the week as we are, all icy and snowy and cold, all that stuff. But we're going to be fine. We, we are faring much well than a lot of folks, and uh, we feel for those that aren't and, and hope things get back to the way they were prior to all this messy weather, as soon as possible. Uh, Life Well and Supply says, get you a Hudson Bay four-horse wool blanket and an Alaskan goose-down sleeping bag, and you can make it. I don't think I can get to the Hudson Bay. That's the problem. (laughs) Oh, me. That's a little bit of a challenge at this point. But Perez and I are here looking out the windows, watching the vehicles motor down the interstate and uh, checking out the traffic. They're they're faring okay. I mean, they're traveling without too much difficulty and moving at a fairly high rate of speed. Uh, From our vantage point, looking out on I-55, it's when you get to the off-roads that aren't as well-traveled, that's where you have concerns. They uh, still have lots of accumulation on them, and you can't tell exactly what that accumulation is like. And once you get there, you could get stuck and can't get out. And that is the risk. If you could, I guess, travel and only if absolutely 100% necessary for something really needed. If you could stay on those traveled roads, it looks okay. But when you get beyond that, it doesn't. It looks a little... A little dangerous to say the least. Um, Mike in Gulfport just he wrote back, wanted to kind of add additional color, as they say in the investment community, to his comment about Walmart and their increase of wages for 425,000 workers, which they announced today. He said he was in the big box retail industry for 39 years, and he says you can count on them increasing prices. And well, that may be the case, and I agree with you, Mike. He also says, with Walmart, you will hardly notice. It's, I think it's a function of the market. I mean, they're pretty good at figuring out price, the price elasticity of demand, as they say, wherein... Once you start raising prices above a certain point, demand falls, and that starts to affect the bottom line. And so they've got they're pretty good about figuring out the optimum price to produce the demand that they seek and the and the uh, margin that they require to sort of meet their financial and economic objectives. Uh, But he goes on to say, whatever you may think of them, for many reasons, they are world-class retailers and know how to make money. There's no question about that, but I I would argue that that's because they provide what pleases customers. I mean, there's no, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And a lot of people, of course, have kind of cursed Walmart for entering these smaller markets where they come in and put the so-called mom-and-pop shops out of business. But let's face it, it's not Walmart that's doing that. It's the customers. Well,
3: I was pointing at you. I was saying you
4: yes, are the person yeah, that's yeah, you're exactly it. right. It's us. It's mm-hmm. the customers. So, it you know, it's the same thing, Perez, when I see people complaining about, well, that Jeff Bezos and Amazon and all, all that money he's making and so forth. Well, quit doing business with them. Really? <laughs> It's you. That Just made because
3: him. you're sitting in your home in front of your computer, or in front of your phone or tablet with your credit card in your hand, if you stop doing that, Jeff wouldn't make so much money. That's bottom line. But you're not going to stop because that package comes right to your door. You don't have to leave the house.
4: It is so dang convenient. <laughs> and uh, listen, I, I um. I've subscribed to uh, Harvard Business Review, have for many years, and agree with some stuff and don't, but it's, but it's very smart people that, that um, author the content, and they've got a great podcast um, series as well. And there was one I listened to a couple of months ago about what made Amazon and what, how did Jeff Bezos achieve such massive wealth, and it was really talking about Amazon's business philosophy. And it's clear, it's all about using technology, no question about it, leveraging it to its nth degree and making it as convenient as possible for the customer. Every aspect of the relationship, of the experience. You'd have to agree, they're pretty dang good at that. It's, In fact, they're so good at it, I've, I've heard friends talk about this, you know, you just you click the app and you see what you want and you slide that deal and boom, it's there a couple of days later. Uh, duh! And so, it's, you can't blame them, they, they did what pleases us, and we you could call it what you want. Some people may say, well, I just I took the bait, I guess. Well, because it's convenient, it's valuable, and you're willing to exchange your dollars for it. It's just simple as that. It's not hard.
3: I think when I first started buying from Amazon in the late 90s, I think they, all, they had books.
4: Yeah. Well, he started out as, that's right, as a digital bookseller. Right. And literally, it's a, it's a, a, one of those stories from his garage, you know, and he, you could go look and Google old, old photos of him sitting around his computer as he's creating these digital books, essentially. He was a digital bookseller. That's how he started. And that's when you started to see these Kindles and other right. uh, book reading devices come out. Uh, of course, now you can do that on on pads and mobile devices and so forth. Don't necessarily need special devices for that purpose. But that's how he started, and it's the same old, same story you see over and over again. Everybody told him he was crazy. Told him go get a real job. You can't do that. That'll never work. And now he's worth 191 billion.
3: Now, don't forget, he gave up half. It's true during the divorce. He did. And she's giving it away like it's going out of style, but that's okay. She sure is. There's never going to be a day when she wakes up and goes, Damn, do I need a pack of nabs? (laughs) Can I get something to eat?
4: (laughs) No, never going to be a day. Uh, I'm not thinking she'll ever encounter that difficulty of life. <laughs> you know, the spam potted meat decision. <laughs> not if Bill Gates has his way. It's microbial bacteria well, uh, potted meat.
3: You, you people enjoy that. I'm not eating
4: that. I know. <laughs> we got it. Um, you know, it's. I don't, I don't know why people are so surprised that those who please their fellow humans... In in such a tremendous way, get rich. It ain't that hard. (laughs) Um, Actually, it is. Darn you, consumers. (laughs) It it is. You're you're right. It is from the standpoint that God just didn't bless us with all the same skills and capabilities. Nope. And... The more, you know, get a little political here, I guess, and philosophical, but the more government tries to equalize all that and really interfere with what is just nature at the end of the day, the poorer we get, frankly. Doesn't really help. I don't think so. I was reading about Romney's plan last night in the hotel while the TV was on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> had to find something to do. <laughs> I went to bed, but <laughs> I know, that's okay. I know. Well, you have to get up <laughs> to get a little up earlier life. than me, and and uh, and our listeners and our audience are grateful for it. And if there's anyone that uh, I tell you has done yeoman's work here at Super Talk, it's Perez this week for sure. Because three hours is hard enough, but seven, thanks. That's incredible. And we are grateful, and I know our audience is as well, so thank you. And thanks for keeping me straight, even though I left Dane Maxwell on hold for a while the other day. Got discombobulated. But I know you'll keep me straight today, so.
3: I went to Hudson Bay Company.
4: Yeah. What one of these, uh... What's it called? The four-horse blanket or something like that? Is that what you found? You know what? They're very proud of their Uh blankets and
3: throws. Maybe... No, I'm. I mean,
4: real
3: Rolex proud. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. Three twenty-five is um. Jeez. How much? Multi stripe point blanket iconic is um. Okay. Three twenty-five to five fifty. Wow. That
4: a lot of money seems like for that, but I don't know.
3: You know, it's a Canadian company, so.
4: Yeah. Okay. That's true. Anyhow, we'll take a break right now. We'll come back with more talk. Don't forget, you can call us at the 1137 segment, 888-808-8637. Get your phone ready.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental, where we create a
8: comfortable environment for our patients. Capital Dental offers general and family dentistry and teeth whitening. Book your appointment today at capitaldentalinc.com. Capital Dental,
9: located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive. If your vehicle is ever damaged in a collision, please listen carefully. At Clinton Body Shop, we are OEM factory certified with more than twenty national and international manufacturers. In fact, we are Central Mississippi's only Volvo certified auto body repair shop and we are the first BMW certified independent repair facility in the southern region. And our Richland location is Mississippi's only Subaru certified repair facility. Look, if some of the most prestigious automakers in the world certify Clinton Body Shop, shouldn't you choose them for your repair? Clinton Body Shop in Clinton and Richland. Certified by the company that made your car to repair your car with OEM factory parts. Go to ClintonBodyShop.com. It's about your family's safety and your car's value. That's ClintonBodyShop.com.
14: Ace Bolton Screw Company, locally owned and operated for over 50 years. Come by and check out our newly remodeled store. We serve your entire fastener, safety equipment, and tool needs. We've got all the biggest brands of power tools and hand tools. DeWalt, Milwaukee, Makita, Channel Lock, Irwin, and Lennox, just to name a few. Let us help you get the job done right. Come see us at Ace Bolton Screw Company, Jackson, Tupelo, Atlanta, and Gluckstaff.
21: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap. Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283.
2: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM. Super Talk Mississippi. JT and Rhino. Have you been exposed
9: to any type of radioactive?
2: This is the JT Show on Super Talk, Mississippi.
4: To the JT show, Super Talk, Mississippi. Gerard in the studio, along with a great and weary Perez. (laughs) You can say that again. (laughs) Oh, man. But we are so grateful that you are here and keeping us uh, going here. It's a pleasure of serving with you and uh, informing our audience and keeping them a little bit entertain, hopefully. Jason says it may not affect Walmart, but the minimum wage thing has been happening here. He's in, I think, Arizona listening to us for a couple of years, Um, increasing it every year until it hits $15 an hour this year. The cost of living is now 120% of the U.S. average there are closed small businesses everywhere, and the prices, things like gas and milk, are at least a dollar higher than they are everywhere else, outside of Walmart stores, of course. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the issue, of course, with raising the minimum wage, and even a bigger one with applying a federally mandated minimum wage across the country without any consideration for the different uh, economic climate across the states. Uh, the... Cost of living, obviously, considerably higher in the larger blue states and in those metro areas, New York, Los Angeles, et cetera, than it is, say, in Mississippi, Arkansas, West Virginia, and so forth. And, and so it's it, it's kind of an unfair and invalid comparison. And there's lots of different opinions on really both sides of that issue for or against the minimum wage Uh, I've seen now some suggestions even from Republican Senators. Romney is one. And uh, I think Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas is on board with phasing in an increase of the minimum wage up to, I think, $15, but over a longer period of time than is being called for by the Democrats who want to do it now and have it phased into $15 within three or four years. And so the Republicans... Romney and Cotton kind of surprised me in that respect. They've got a proposal. One big distinction between the Democrat proposal, uh, which is, by the way, embedded in the next stimulus act that Joe Biden is stumping for, and the Democrats are um, passing in the House and going to send over to the Senate, it looks like, which has the $15. But one big distinction between those two approaches is that in the Biden-Democrat plan, the minimum wage would be permanently indexed to the median household income and which basically means as the median household income increases the minimum we, wage excuse me, would increase commensurately and, and so that just automatically triggers a, a federal increase or an increase at the federal level across the country of the minimum wage whereas the the Republican proposal from Romney and Cotton doesn't include such an index. It just kind of maxes out to the point where it achieves the threshold provided for in the legislation and doesn't go beyond that, would require more legislation, a new law effectively, to <clears throat> to modify it. A little surprised, though, that Republicans like that, especially Cotton, Romney I guess I sort of get, but Cotton would get on board with this plan Romney also has, as we were talking about earlier, a bill that he has authored called the Family Security Act, and it's designed to replace the current child tax credit. And essentially, it would provide, uh, let's see, children up to five years old, forty-two hundred dollars per year uh, to to parents of those children and those children aged 6 to 17 would receive $3,000 per year and one interesting difference between this and the current child tax credit which is $2,000 a year of which only 1400 is guaranteed if you don't have enough tax liability to consume the entire offset the entire $2,000 you only get 1400 in this case the entire amount is refundable It doesn't matter if you make enough or owe any taxes based on your adjusted gross income or not, or your tax liability. doesn't really matter. You're going to get this money. And the other big thing is they want to send it out monthly. So it's kind of like a universal basic income is is how it would be structured, is how it would work. So just for perspective, if you've got uh, two children in the... um, Ages between the ages of five and, let's see, uh, I'm sorry, below the age of five, below the age of five, two children, you would uh, receive on a monthly basis $700. The government would just send you $700, the parents, of two children below the age of five, or five and below, I should state, uh, $700 a month. So under the, under the current plan, if you had uh, sufficient credit uh, tax liability available, you could get a maximum of about 350 about half of that, a month. If you didn't have enough tax liability so that you could only get the maximum $1,400, then you would get about $220 a month. But $700 a month would, would is how that would work. And it would be on a monthly basis. That seems kind of weird. The IRS would just send checks to you every month to those parents in, those, in that household. But that's uh, the Romney plan. Now, he says it's budget neutral. He intends to pay for it by eliminating the current child tax credit. It just really replaces it. He also wants to change this TANF program, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. You may recall we had a little problem with that here in the state of Mississippi where there's uh, some investigations, I think those have developed into lawsuits now, involving the Department of Human Services and some third-party organizations that were administering and providing services to DHS in um, operating that fund and distributing those money. So he wants to eliminate that. He also wants to eliminate the deduction for state and local taxes as, as uh, which is uh, limited to ten thousand dollars so that's the Romney plan he says that the US has a higher poverty rate than many other developed nations as far as children are concerned that the pandemic has exacerbated it that Joe Biden wants to only temporarily expend the credit through this stimulus act these or bill he's got under consideration he wants to make this permanent does um, Senator Romney. Now, Senator Booker, Cory Booker, get this, and along with Representative Ayanna Pressley, they, they have a proposal to create baby bonds. $1,000 savings accounts for every newborn in the country with some children eligible for additional deposits of up to $2,000 a year. The idea being that once you get to certain age, I think 18, that money would just be sitting there waiting for you to kind of give you a head start on life. That, exactly. Courtesy uh, of the government. So, this is just more government. Oh, stop. Yeah?
3: Hold on. I just made a giant mistake here. What's I, that? Uh, no, I I fixed it. Okay. Okay. All right. $1,000. Yeah, baby bond. Ba- baby bond. Yep. Paid for by oh. those of us who have jobs. Exactly. They don't have any babies. Don't have any babies. <laughs> yeah, my baby's way old. Yeah,
4: me too. She would kill me
3: if she heard. That. <laughs> anyway, I now if, if this money comes from the government, correct? Yep. What's the? Uh, <clears throat> I'm waiting on the other shoe.
4: Yeah, we don't worry about that anymore.
3: No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing, my friend, is
4: free. And <laughs> I'm I, not saying I don't worry about okay. it or, or comprehend that concept, <laughs> but those making the laws up there th- that doesn't seem to enter into the equation.
3: Okay, so now, this is a thousand dollars a year. We're talking about oh, oh no, I,
4: the baby bond is a thousand dollar uh baby bond that's issued and deposited upon birth, and then there are additional deposits of up to $2,000 a year, based on the income of the family, additional $2,000 deposits are added to that bond. And it's earning interest, I think, at 3%, if I'm not mistaken. And it's stored over in an account that's attached to that baby.
3: We need need to work on this, because I, I want to know where you're getting 3%. Because that's not what my bank's
4: doing. Yeah, totally agree. But the the government can just make numbers and pull numbers out of there and say 3%. I mean, it defies all logic. And and the thing that makes me mad is the rest of us don't have to conduct our financial affairs like the dead gum government does. That I know you understand. (laughs) We'll take a break when we come back. Give us a call, 888-808-8637. Stay with us.
16: Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. I'm sure by now you're aware of the shortage of ammunition that shooters and hunters are experiencing nationwide. Right now, we have a good supply of popular calibers like 9mm pistol and .223 rifle, as well as others that we're offering at fair market prices. We do limit the amount you can buy each day. At the range, we'd rather everybody have some than a few buy it all. I hope you'll come visit us soon and check out all the many things we have to offer at the range. A totally new and different type of
21: gun store.
10: Tom I'm Andy Davis, and
13: you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Tomorrow will still be cold, but Daniel Lamb at the National Weather Service says the sun will come out, and that'll create some melt off on the roads.
15: Uh, Because it's going to be cold again Friday night, so there could still be slick spots even into Saturday morning. And that refreeze could
13: stretch pretty
15: far south. Potentially some refreezing even down into the Pine Belt uh, into tomorrow morning.
13: And because the storm has impacted so much of Mississippi, and because road conditions may clear up for a while, get treacherous again, it could be early next week before some residents get their power back.
15: When you get into some of these rural areas, hard to reach places, it could stretch this restoration out. So there are customers already who are still dealing with multi-day outages.
13: That's Haley Fisakerly, President and CEO of Entergy Mississippi. Earlier this morning, power outages statewide stood at 172,000. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
2: Do you have an opinion on something you heard from JT or Rhino? Go ahead, grab your phone and text it to them. You can text at 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. The JT
5: Show on Super Talk, Mississippi.
4: JT show, Gerard Perez in the studio, 888 808 8637. That would be the Super Talk call line. If you want to chat with us via the phone, we would enjoy having you. We were just talking about these baby bonds. And so, just to make sure that I didn't misread, I went and researched it a bit on the break. And yeah, in fact, 3%. If so, it's $1,000 when born. $2,000 a year, thereafter, every year, until the age of 18. and Pretty That's a
3: damn good nest egg there. And it's based life. on
4: household income. It phases out. You know the drill on that. Right. Um, and it's paying around, around. This is what the summary of the legislation says. I don't know what that means, paying around 3% annually. So by the time they turn 18 that doing a, a little calculation on that that could end up being a nest egg of $50,000 when a child turns 18 okay so
3: oh man hold on all right now now that we have numbers to work
4: with <laughs> okay 50 grand 18 all right
3: that is the worst idea i, I agree that's I will tell you from personal experience, that's almost as bad as giving an 18-year-old a credit card and saying, (laughs) your limit is $50,000. Now, the credit card interest rate is 14 to 18 percent. Yep. Okay. So... If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Yeah. So you're 18 years old. Yep. You go, your parents will walk to you and go, here you go, here's a card. There's $50,000 on it. Do
4: what you will. Correct. You got it. You are reading it correct. That is...
3: That's such a recipe for disaster. I'm sorry. If, if you say, here's a card with $5,000 on it, and in increments of of year of a year, you can, we'll give you 5000 more. But you give an 18-year-old 50 grand and say the world is yours what could go wrong nothing (laughs) nothing could go wrong you are going to have somebody by the age of 19 who is 50 to a hundred thousand dollars in debt
4: that's a good point yeah so here's, you know i couldn't find anything in the legislation i just perused it rapidly about there being any limitations on the use of that money. But here's what Booker said during an Instagram live event, because, of course, social media is how politicians communicate with their constituents these days. He says the money can be used for wealth-building things like going to college, starting a business, buying a home. Now, let me tell you the problem I have with that. I thought we were going to give everybody free college. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought we were going to give everybody 15 grand to buy a home. That's currently being proposed up in Washington. But we're going to give them 50 grand on top of that. Why do you need to work? Okay. So you know what this really is though. And you you made the point that you go crazy, you run up these credit card bills, you have no idea what you're doing. And you squander it is what happens, because you're not ready to deal with that, I would argue, most I'm, children. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. So the more we cede responsibility for every aspect of our lives, especially the economic and the financial aspect of our lives, to the government, the weaker does our society become. It's a march to mediocrity, and it hurts us all. It, it hurts everybody, including the people that this is designed to help. You, you made the excellent point. That's that hurts them in the long term.
3: All right, it you, hurts them in the right, short term. You again. You you're starting life. You're 18 years old. And by the time you're 19, let's say you're only fifty thousand dollars in debt. Only. only. But you're not going to be, because you're going to overextend yourself. Yeah. Let's say you start your life at nineteen, a $100,000 in the hole. You are never going to get out from under that debt. I,
4: Ever. No, you know how they're going to get out? The government's going to come liquidate it for them. Just like they're planning to do with the student debt. <laughs> okay. And guess who pays? Me, you. <laughs> exactly. Gotcha.
3: Okay. So, in other words, you're ceding all responsibility for...
4: Any, everything. Everything. Yeah. No. Right. Exactly. No. Agree. No. But agree. that's where we're headed. Now, but it's in the name of virtuosity. It's considered a morally superior, noble act. Just give money away. We, we never hear ideas about, well, how do we get people to where they can be productive and contribute to society and earn a respectable living. We don't talk about that. It's everything. Well, we're going to force that business to raise the minimum wage, and we're going to give them $50,000, and we're going to give them health care, and we're going to give them $15,000 to buy a house. Hell, what's left? I
3: kind of like the health care part, but the other parts, not so much.
4: Well, there are, of course, and that's a deep discussion, there are, of course, risks in giving away health care as well. (laughs) It ain't like we got anything else to do. (laughs) But, so, and there's a long list of Democrats that have co-sponsored, no surprise, Kristen Gillibrand from New York, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Amy Klobuchar, the usual suspects, uh, a movie's going to break out here in a minute. I can look, feel it. The governor, Phil Murphy, who became somewhat famous, not quite as famous as Andrew Cuomo as a result of the pandemic, but he was seen out and about a lot and under fire for one of these guys that, you know, do as I say, not as I do deal. He's proposed his own version of this baby bonds program in last year's budget. The idea was to give $1,000 to every child born in New Jersey whose families met a certain income threshold. The proposal failed to make the final budget, but I'd say it's a matter of time. That's where we're headed. With zero regard for what that does to the country's fiscal situation. Again, we never talk about how do we grow the pie. It's always about how do we reslice it. And if we just put a stake in the ground and said, this is as big as it's ever going to get, let's just divide it up differently, we all lose in that situation. All lose. Goodbye, innovation. Goodbye, improvements to the quality of life. Goodbye, solutions to coming human problems. That's out the window. So. Jason in Flagstaff says, did y'all see where AOC blasted President Biden over his reluctance to give 50,000 student loan forgiveness to people who who went to places like Harvard? He he basically said at the town hall, I'm not for that. Uh, I, I might be for some form of that for those who attended a public institution but not a private institution. And AOC called those students, working class students encouraged to take on more debt. So, again, the government says, we have to be responsible for you, and you're incurring this debt because you just ain't smart enough to figure out that that's a bad move. We we are your keeper. No. We are your protector.
3: No. No. No.
4: No. No. Goes on to say, easy way for an 18-year-old to get a $40,000 cash current. Join the U.S. Army. That's the sign-up bonus these days. Otherwise, let the kids be something other than nerds sitting around smoking pot and eating Cheetos. Subsidizing laziness will be a disaster. Yeah, I mean, just the idea, I think, of, again, just subdividing this pie further and doing it with baby bonds, that just is incredible. I also think that in Romney's plan, if I'm not mistaken, these monthly payments I was talking about, the child tax credit, Mm -hmm. I think his legislation would start those payments four months before the baby is born. So you're getting these monthly payments within, I guess it would become, I don't know. I don't know the mechanics of that. But I know that you would get four months of payments. Before the baby started breathing outside its mother. I just thought that was weird. I don't know why. It just seems weird.
3: (laughs) There's so many flaws in this plan. I'm just saying.
4: I know. We're going to take a break here with some uh, really wild music. I'm I'm wore out now. I know, man. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll come back with a final segment of the second hour. And then we've got Gordon Fellows joining us after the noon break. Stay with us. I wish there was a place where we could sample wines
6: before we buy.
10: There is. Colony Bistro and Wine Bar just opened right next door to Colony Wine Market in Madison. They have 32 wines by the glass, wine flights, and the food is terrific.
17: Yes. Get your purse, sweetie. COVID-19 has had
22: a profound effect on the workplace. As organizations adapt, R.J. Young is here to help. We provide key technology solutions to power your business, like temperature kiosks, smart security systems, back file scanning, managed IT services, digital lockers, and more. RJ Young will help you to ensure safety and productivity in the workplace. To learn more, visit rjyoung.com
8: COVID. This is JT. If you like me, you like to deal with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and they're headquartered in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. 1-800-647-8540 or on the web. MajesticMetalsINC.com
2: Super Talk Mississippi. Your new home for the Ben Shapiro Show. We don't hold back, we never shy away from telling you the truth. The most electrifying national talk show on air today. We have the most important guests and the biggest thinkers in America. Ben Shapiro. Bruce Brutally breaking down the issues of the day. From
6: politics to pop culture, we take a look at all of it. So don't miss out.
2: Weeknights at 9.
6: For something new and unique
17: in talk radio, take a listen to The Ben Shapiro Show
2: on Super Talk, Mississippi.
17: C Spire 5G. We're building a fast, powerful 5G network to bring you faster phones. <laughs> you heard right. C Spire 5G. Phones faster saying it anymore would be C Spire 5G faster phones no bull for a limited time get our best 5G phone free with trade thousands of bulldog fans have subscribed to the thunder
2: and lightning podcast On each episode, Brian Haydad and Joel Coleman give you an inside look at your Mississippi State Bulldogs. The Thunder and Lightning podcast is free and available on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Thunder and Lightning on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thunder and Lightning from Supertalk Mississippi. Covering the Bulldogs like no one else a new voice is here on super talk mississippi dan bongino he's a former secret service agent police officer best-selling author and host of the fastest growing conservative talk show in america the dan bongino show each weeknight starting at 11 dan bongino tackles the hottest political issues debunking the rhetoric and giving you the hard-hitting truth the dan bongino show weeknights at 11 the dan bongino show on super talk mississippi
20: To Good Things With Me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
2: You're listening to the JT Show. You should feel a sense of
9: shame. That's how you know you're doing
2: right. The JT Show with JT and Rhino on Super Talk, Mississippi.
5: So
4: much for being with us today on the JT show, Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard Perez in the studio. Safe and warm, we are. We should be grateful for that. Yeah. Even have a little bit of running water here, unlike the hotel. <laughs> but and we're grateful we for don't that. No,
3: it could be it could have been repaired since we were last year. You're there. right. Yeah, I'm you're, going I'm going with it. It'll be working when we get
4: there. I like your optimism. Absolutely. Mm. So, okay, uh, I told about yesterday making my way up to the Waffle House for a delicious dinner, and so I did get uh, a text on the C Spire text line. You did tip the cook at the Waffle House, I hope. Well, yeah, 50%. And I'm happy to do that and grateful that they were there uh, and I, I think I told the story yesterday about eating at the Denny's. I'm, I'm losing track of the days, but whatever day it was that they were open, I think it may have been uh, Tuesday, Monday,
3: I don't know. Just, just keep going.
4: Same deal, but it was an hour and a half to to get a uh, some eggs and pancakes, and that, that earned a 40% tip. They were absolutely doing the best they could, understaffed, still keeping some degree of a positive um, expression and attitude, and was incredibly grateful. And I will tell you again, heartened by the fact that the people also in the restaurant, a same experience, doing everything they could. Uh, it was three people trying to take care, including the cook, by the way. <laughs> and one poor guy, the way they're having to do all this COVID stuff, so you just layer that onto the weather, and that just exacerbates the challenges, no question and man they they scrub spray sanitize stuff down after every uh patron l- leaves their table booth what have you I'm I'm telling you it's so much that I could <laughs> I could smell it you know <laughs> the, like the um the residue sort of in the air but grateful again that they're sanitizing the place for us and and doing so in the bathroom like it seemed like every thirty minutes I saw the guy back there mop, but I digress, yes, I tipped, happy to tip, grateful for those people for showing up and working under those conditions and keeping us fed so uh um, absolutely, and of course, let's face it, Perez, it ain't too expensive to get a lot of food at either of those places, no so sure. Uh, A a 40-50% tip is just didn't a lot of money at the end of the day, but I know uh, it's uh, probably helpful to those people, and I hope everybody else does the same. Uh, I think a a lot of people may say, well, gee, it took me an hour and a half and it was terrible. What? They're doing the best they can, man. Uh, You do something. I mean, it's not like they were intentionally delivering. You can tell the difference, right? those people, they, the system kind of filters them out. It doesn't kind of, it does. So that was not the case here. Uh, again, very grateful. Can't say enough about those people that were taking care of us. Sheila from Hattiesburg, talking about these baby bonds. She says they'll have crack money then. Well, I hope not that they won't use it for such a purpose, but when you give... Eighteen-year-olds, fifty thousand dollars is, as uh, Perez talked about. It's just, it's tough to expect that they would be totally responsible, completely responsible. Shall we say? I'll just say it nicely like that. With that kind of money, and it's, it's a concern. Yeah, and on the 601 ceasefire text line, they don't want people working. They want people dependent on government. I think it's a combination of that, and I also, again, would say it's lack of confidence in people. It's, it's, we're superior. Somehow they've got this idea that they, being in government, are superior to the people not in government. That's, that's sort of the, the distinction. That's the line of demarcation. Hmm. Government, you're superior. You're all-knowing. You people not in government, you don't have a clue. We're going to have to take care of you. We're going to have to organize your life, dictate to you virtually everything at the rate we're going. i got to also announce here that Mississippi Blood Services... Has an emergency need for blood. Uh, they've been unable to collect due to the weather, and they've lost six to seven hundred units. The number continues to rise. If you can travel safely, the main center in Flowood here in central Mississippi, across the river in Rankin County, is open Thursday. That's today, from 11 to 5. Hope the weather will clear up and they can get back to normal supply. But that's Mississippi uh, Blood Services in Flowood today, 11 to 5. They need blood, folks. See if you can help them out. Sure would appreciate it. we got a break coming up. Super Talk News, Fox News. We're going to try to sell you something. Then we've got Gordon Fellows from the Mississippi Bankers Association. He'll be joining us.
2: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601 345
20: 8090. Fox News, I'm Lillian Wu. More snow heading for parts of Texas where hundreds of thousands still don't have power.
7: Texas Governor Greg Abbott telling reporters that wind is not the only energy source to blame. Every source of power the state of Texas has access to uh, has been compromised. All of the Houston metro area, the nation's fourth largest city, and all of Austin under mandatory boil water advisories thanks to frozen pipes and equipment at water treatment facilities.
20: Fox's Casey Steagall in Dallas. President Biden has approved an emergency declaration for Oklahoma, also hard hit by storms. And former longtime Senator Bob Dole of Kansas announces he's been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer The 97-year-old was the 1996 GOP presidential nominee.
21: America's listening to Fox News. As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community
22: safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security. 601-898-3105.
14: Call today.
22: Tune in this Saturday morning from 8 till 10 for Weekend Gardening, where garden mama Nellie Neal will tackle all your gardening questions. Weekend Gardening, brought to you in part by The Tractor Store, your local Mahindra dealer, The Tractor Store, Highway 49 South
13: in Richland. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Supertalk Mississippi News. There's a winter weather advisory in effect for central Mississippi all the way into the Delta region.
11: And we're still getting reports of uh, some light wintery mix across the Louisiana parishes, across the Delta and we're still getting icing and it's still bringing down tree limbs and additional power outages are being reported across the area. Mike
13: Evingston at the National Weather Service says we'll start to see a little bit of warm-up from the southeast this afternoon and the precipitation falling across the area will taper off.
11: By this evening, we're looking for dry weather. Unfortunately, over the next couple of days, temperatures are really going to plummet at night. We're going to go with a hard freeze warning, generally along the northwest of the Natchez Trace, where some of the coldest temperatures expect. It to get down below 20 degrees.
13: And if you were planning to attempt to travel on the Natchez Trace Parkway, don't. Rangers say trees are down and the parkway is basically a sheet of ice and snow. For Super Tall Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
2: Farming isn't exactly the simple life, it involves satellites and spreadsheets and high tech machinery to succeed. You need equipment like spreaders and sprayers and combines and the financial tools as well. For more than 100 years, Mississippi Land Bank has provided the loans that equip agricultural businesses. We understand what it takes to make a farm work, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi, and that's
16: where I stand.
2: Mississippi Land Bank,
16: MSLandBank.com. Before you dig or drive stakes in the ground, call
21: 811, or you might hit, man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot, (laughs) an electric line, or gas line?
19: Tents gone.
21: Yeah. Driving stakes? Call Mississippi 811 two days before pounding. It may keep you out of the... Don't worry, honey. The doghouse is just fine. There's room for both of us in here.
16: Call 811 two days before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries.
13: While restoration is underway to restore power in many areas across Mississippi, Governor Tate Reeves took a moment Wednesday to recognize those on the front lines.
16: There are a lot of men and women that are putting themselves in harm's way and we want to thank them. Our, our linemen from our, our rural electric co-ops, our men and women that, that are working at TVA, at Entergy, at Mississippi Power. Uh, those men and women are out in this weather helping protect us and we want to thank them along with our first responders, our healthcare care heroes and so many other people.
13: And a mayor on the coast and his wife are facing 13 federal charges of wire fraud and one count of conspiracy to defraud the U.S. government. Moss Point Mayor Mario King told WLOX he intends to plead guilty. The couple allegedly used money from a benefit gala for personal expenses like a down payment on a Cadillac and a pedigreed dog. They had promised the money would be used to create safe spaces for mental health counseling in the city's school district. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
7: cross be sure to catch sports talk mississippi your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the magnolia state every day from three until six right here on super talk jackson 97.3 the jt show on super
2: talk mississippi real talk for real mississippians now here's your host JT. jt
4: Welcome back everyone to JT Show Super Talk Mississippi plowing right into the afternoon hours. Thanks for joining us and on the line we have oh not yet. We're still waiting for uh Gordon Fellows to join us from uh the Mississippi Bankers Association. Hopefully we'll have Gordon on soon but just talking about this all this stuff the government wants to do with money is it's really astonishing how they just want to transfer almost every aspect of our lives to government control, and there's just no regard for the money, where it comes from. Well, we know where it comes from. It gets printed, and it just piles on to the existing debt, which I don't believe will ever be retired, will never be paid off. It'll just be sort of part of our our monetary system and... and um even our, our fiscal policy, to the point where the only purpose of taxes is just to somewhat attempt to moderate inflation, not really to cover our cost of operating, but rather to moderate inflation. It's um, more of a, a modern monetary theory approach. So I think we now we've got uh, our friend Gordon Fellows from the Mississippi Bankers Association joining us. Afternoon, Gordon
23: hey gerard can you hear me now
4: yes sir we got you appreciate you taking some time to join us hope you're staying safe and have power and water and all that good stuff
23: well so far we've been blessed at my house um I've, I've got uh i've got power and water and that's nice i know a lot of people don't and certainly um you know kudos to all the first responders and the folks at energy and all the power companies around the state and the co-ops that are doing everything they can to get people back online quickly i know uh yeah. What, a, what, a, what a strange time to be in, right?
4: It's crazy. You know, it's, it's even crazier – I was just talking to Perez about that uh, in the last segment – you've got to layer on the COVID situation on top of that. I mean, so it just it, – it takes an already very difficult, challenging situation uh, and makes it worse in, in, in terms of uh, the economic situation across the country – because uh, I know we want to talk to you about this new round of 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 uh, paycheck protection program loans, uh, retailers they're just essentially con- conceding an entire week of revenue yeah. of sales, and uh, yeah. already have uh, a challenge making ends meet with all the restrictions and limitations and so forth, and this just piles onto that.
23: Yeah, it, it's 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 tough for the retailers, and and I followed you on. Um, on Facebook, is you're, uh, you're chronicling your trips to Waffle House and Denny's <laughs> and everything, which is, which is great. Um, but it's, uh, it's stuff for the restaurants, too. You know, every, every, every day I see on Instagram and Twitter uh, you know, the local restaurants in Jackson are closing another night. So um, uh, it's certainly hard, um, no doubt about it. The, I, I guess the good news for restaurants in particular is you know, this new round of, of paycheck protection loans that opened up uh, in January – um, had some sort of special accommodations for restaurants in it because that sector has been hit so hard by COVID. Yeah. Right. So they, um, they get a, uh, an increased multiplier on the, on the formula for what their maximum loan amount, um, w- would be. And I, I know Senator Wicker and, and, and others had a lot to do with that. You know, he's been a real champion for restaurants and all this. Yep. Um, and, uh, I know a lot of restaurants around the state and, and the hospitality folks and hotels are taking advantage of, of second-round PPP, which is which is good news. Um, certainly, the, I think those sectors are going to need some, some more help, and I know the banks around the state are doing everything they can to, to help take care of the clients in those, uh, those hard-hit spaces, for sure.
4: So a couple of things that are different, I, I think, uh, just doing kind of a cursory overview of it uh, this next round, Gordon, is that You've got those that are pursuing or applying for a first draw, meaning they did not receive any any relief in the first round, and then you've got those that might be going back for a, a second draw, and the eligibility requirements, of course, on that are a little different. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a, a piece of the total, what is it, $285 billion or so that's been allocated to the program, and I, and I think there's a piece that's earmarked specifically for is this right, Gordon? For those that are are applying for their first round, is that right, or is it the opposite?
23: Yeah, so so there there's some earmarks um, for for first draw, and there's also earmarks for different types of um, lending institutions. Okay. So, um, you know, in, in the attempt to make sure underserved communities, yeah, um, you know, had access, which is CDFI banks are important in Mississippi. Those are certified. Um, community Development Financial Institutions. We actually have more CDFI banks than any other state in the country, and so that the the Congress recognized that banks like that, you know, can really do a lot of good in underserved communities, and they put some, they earmarked some of the funds uh, for for those type of institutions too. So yes, there are a couple of different um, sort of pots of money within the big two hundred eighty five billion dollar pot for for specific institutions. You, you know, I, I guess the good news and i think this is good news is is that as of february 15th so far only about 126 billion of that 285 billion has been spent Hmm. so you know, in the first in the spring when ppp opened up the first time it was just you know blow the doors off let's get as much money out as fast as possible um it's been a little more tempered this time um which I think you know, uh, some of that is because not everybody can qualify for a second draw loan, and there are limitations in place. But some of that is because um, some of the businesses sort of can can see the end of this now, yeah. um, and, and and so that that you know, if you're if you're if you're the kind of person that likes to look for the positive, there, there certainly are positives there now. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of money there, so there's no rush to to, to get it like there was last time, but. Um, certainly, I, I do want to encourage businesses that, that think they qualify. Don't wait till you know the, the end of March, which is when the program closes, to apply. Because there have been um, some technical challenges. You mentioned uh, you've got to you've got to qualify for forgiveness. Um, you know, did you get a first loan? Did, are you not getting? You know, so how, to, how does your first loan impact your eligibility for your second loan? And, and sort of as as those parameters change, the SBA had to. Make some pretty significant systems changes, um, and some of that has caused uh, some some technical issues. Not on every loan, but sometimes it takes a little longer to get these loans approved now um, than it did in the first round, just because you know you have to kind of work through all these sort of system changes that the SBA put in place. Is, is checks, yeah, um, so. Yeah. So don't wait till the end because it may take a little bit longer to get approved than it did before.
4: And it and it seems like uh, again, just kind of anecdotally, I guess, Gordon, that maybe there's not such a rush from those seeking these loans because it, it it's not getting the attention. It doesn't seem, you know, in the fanfare that the first round got. It was kind of a novelty and it was pretty heavily promoted, but it doesn't seem to be getting that that sort of. I guess media attention and press and I'm not so sure a lot of folks even are aware that that was part of this uh this latest bill a 900 billion dollar aid package that was passed under President Trump. Is that kind of how you see it as well? Yeah, I think I think
23: that's right. You know, and the clip we're running at and so far in Mississippi mm-hmm. um we've done 775 million um in PPP loans since the program reopened in January. You can compare that to uh, the the first, you know, the spring in, uh, version of the program when we did 3.2 billion. So we're we're not even halfway to where we were in the spring. I think you're right. I think part of that is um, there, there's sort of less um, less visibility of it. I think part of it too. You know, the accountants have a lot to do with helping businesses get their their applications. Yeah, it's tax whatever. season. <laughs> yeah, it's tax season, and they're working on forgiveness from the first loan. Yeah, that's a good like, point. So, so, in the beginning, you know, all you had to do was apply for the first loan. Now you've got to get your taxes done. Yep. You've got to get forgiven on the first loan. You've got to have your documentation, and you got to be able to justify, you know, that you, you meet the, the qualifications of, of 25% revenue reduction quarter over quarter yep. to qualify for the second draw loan. So, there's a little more work that has to be done this time, too, and I think that's slowing things down. When I talk to business owners around the state, you know, a lot of them are sort of saying, "Well, I'm still working with my accountant on getting this all prepared." Yeah, and there's plenty of time and there's plenty of money. That's the good news. I just, I, I do, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and remind folks don't don't let don't the wait. time run out on you um, because we're we're halfway through it now.
4: Yeah, and and also, uh, Gordon, would you would you touch on for our audience? I believe as part of the aid package, there was new guidance issued. It could have been separate from it, but about the same time regarding the first round of PPP uh, and the deductibility of expenses that were covered by the PPP loans. Can you explain that? we got a break coming up. Gordon, can you hang with us? I sure can. Yeah, when we come back, we'll have you explain that. Really appreciate you joining us today. Gordon Fellows, Mississippi Bankers Association. We'll be back with the JT Show.
16: Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. I'm sure by now you're aware of the shortage of ammunition that shooters and hunters are experiencing nationwide. Right now, we have a good supply of popular calibers like 9mm pistol and .223 rifle, as well as others that we're offering at fair market prices. We do limit the amount you can buy each day. At the range, we'd rather everybody have some than a few buy it all. I hope you'll come visit us soon and check out all the many things we have to offer at the range, a totally new and different type of
0: gun store.
18: Fun.
14: A year into my retirement, I started getting short of breath, so I went to St. Dominic's. It turns out that my heart needed some major repair. Thanks to the amazing care that I got at St. Dominic's, I survived double bypass surgery. God was working through the doctors and nurses, and now my heart is working the way it should. I have finished my physical therapy at St. Dominic's, and I am now back to enjoying my retirement again.
10: St. Dominic's. Skilled Hands.
12: Some passionate hearts.
10: This is
6: Ben
14: Shapiro reminding you to listen to the
6: Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
2: JT Show. Oh, oh boy, that's rotten. With JT and Rhino.
5: Let's do it.
2: On Super Talk Mississippi. There.
4: We are back on the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Thanks so much for tuning in to us today. Stay safe across the great state of Mississippi. Our guest is Gordon Fellows from the Mississippi Bankers Association. So, Gordon, before we went to break, was uh, just asking if you would explain this this provision that uh, should be to the delight, of course, to those who who took out uh, the initial round of PPP loans, a provision release that uh, sort of sort of clarifies how the expenses covered by those are handled for tax purposes.
23: Right, yeah. So a couple things in, in this space. One, one of the big problems that sort of unexpectedly happened from first draw PPP was if, if you were a business, they got an idle advance, an EIDL mm-hmm. uh, advance, which could could max out at ten thousand dollars, depending on on your uh, your business uh, and how, you know how your application played out. Um, inadvertently, we kind of found out after the fact that that ten thousand up to ten thousand dollar amount would be deducted from your forgiveness amount. Um, so, a number of borrowers around the state and the country all of a sudden got stuck with. A ten thousand dollar bank debt that they thought would be fully forgiven when they applied for their PPP loan,
5: mm-hmm.
23: um, and and Congress fixed that in December. Um, so they eliminated uh, that that sort of what I call a debt trap loophole that nobody knew was in
5: there. Yeah.
23: Um, and so, uh, importantly, if 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 you're a borrower who got stuck with a ten thousand dollar loan and you paid the loan back to the bank, um, the the bank has been um, refunded. That amount from the SBA and, and, and is getting the money back to you, the business. So, so that was a, a pretty important change. And then there were a number of changes um, made in December uh, related to, to gross to net, depending on the type of business. And they also um, made sure to specify that you didn't have to. You don't. You know. You don't count your PPP revenue as income tax. They also made sure to specify that um you can still claim your your payroll tax deduction if you pay payroll with ppp so you don't get a back end tax so all all of that was was were really positive steps to help sort of clarify some, some uh unanticipated problems with first round ppp and another thing they did in december that is really beneficial in mississippi they came up with a new forgiveness form and then hmm. you and i've talked about this before yeah. right? we had we had more loans as a total percentage of the portfolio in the first round of less than $150,000 than any other state in the country. Hmm. Um, and so they, uh, Congress, Congress created and, and, and I guess tasked SBA with creating a one page forgiveness form for loans of less than $150,000. So, you know, the, the, the forgiveness process has progressed a good bit in the beginning. Uh, the forgiveness packet was a 15 page packet. Um, no matter the size of the loan. And for really small borrowers, that was an awful lot to have to figure out how to, you know, check every box and document everything you had to document sure. to fill out that, 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 that form. Now it's just a single-page form, and the borrower just sort of certifies that, you know, I spent the money appropriately. And the borrower does have to keep record, right? I mean, the SBA could audit the borrower. And a, mm-hmm. The borrower is defrauded the SBA. They'll be in pretty big trouble. Um, but um, it will really simplify the process of getting the forgiveness done. Um, which, you know, the, these small mom and pop businesses don't need to be worried about that. They have, to your point, right? They got to think about how are they going to get reopened Heck with all yeah. the ice on the road right now. They don't need to be thinking about documentation. So, and, and plus, um, and that, was, that was a big help.
4: Yeah, thanks for that, Gordon. Plus, uh, they've got to pay money to uh, external uh, resources, consultants, accountants, lawyers sometimes, right. to help them complete this paperwork. So it's, and you just don't want to put that burden on them. Uh, in their serious time of need. Uh, but to your point about uh, the the clarification on the deductibility of the expenses, what that would have meant, I believe, is that the forgivable loan itself would uh, have been uh, taken into income and therefore taxable without the offsetting expenses. So you'd have, you'd have gotten a forgivable loan from the government and then pay tax on it.
23: Yeah, Right. You, 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 you gave up your payroll deduction that you would normally claim. Yeah. Right? And so you got your, you got, you didn't have to, it wasn't a front end tax from using the funds, but you got this weird sort of back end. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the payroll deduction part has been fixed now, too. So yeah. you're right. They're, they're, you know, part of the, part of the challenge in all this is we've never been through anything like this sure. before. And so, uh, you know, I commend the government for, for coming up with a program that got a lot of money out into the economy. Into employers and into employees' hands as quickly as possible. Um, and they, they built the, you know, they built the airplane mid-flight on this, and we're still kind of working through some of that. But, you know, it, we're, we're still dealing with that a little bit on these second draw loans. But even even last week, um, the SBA came up with a, a new way to allow banks to certify on, on certain hold codes. If you had a problem, hmm. if the SBA system had a, a problem between your first draw loan and your second draw loan. It, it, it's been holding the second-draw applications. Uh, and so, for instance, we've had these weird instances pop up where the SBA's database will say, well, this business owner that applied for a second-draw loan died, you know, between the first-draw loan and the second-draw loan. And the banker knows the business owner is not dead because the business owner is on the phone with the banker. Yeah, right? exactly. And we, and there was no real way to, to sort of sort that out with the SBA system. So the SBA came up with a workaround last week for for weird instances like that where the, the databases just don't match up and gave the bank the ability to, to, to wipe some of those away. And, okay. and that's been really helpful, too. So there oh. are still challenges, which is why I was saying in the beginning, don't wait until the last week of March to to, to talk to your banker about this. Because there are still some sort of weird logistical hurdles like that that sometimes pop up because of uh, the complexity of the, the systems behind all this, right? The, the government database and the bank system yeah. has to enter. Interconnect, and, and you know a lot more about that than I do. But sometimes that's not always seen. It's
4: not, and it's, so just it's don't
23: wait till the last week.
4: Yeah, it's good advice. And, and you also know as well. Any time you put something together like this at such a high rate of speed, because the need was so urgent, it's just hard to anticipate everything. It's like you're executing really before you plan uh, to some extent. You're sort of planning on the fly. But I think we have to give a lot of credit to Treasury Secretary Mnuchin. I know he was uh, deeply involved in the architecture of the program. I think worked with Larry Kudlow as well from the White House, uh, economic advisor. You know, the thing you'll have to say here that's different from a government perspective is they recognized the issues and they addressed them in less than a year, in like a six-month period of time. That's got to be a record, I think, for... Uh, for addressing such serious issues, and my hat's off to Mnuchin and Kudlow, I think, for uh, for seeing of that. I wanted to ask you, Gordon, what about your members here in the state of Mississippi, the the banks themselves that have participated uh, in this program? I know this has saddled them with a lot of additional burden in in consume resources. Has it been okay for them, uh, you know, from an economic perspective?
23: Well, yeah, you know, I mean the, the the great thing about banking in Mississippi, right, we have a really diverse ecosystem. Yeah. We have really, really small, really local banks. Um and then we also have um you know, local banks that, that really punch above the weight of the state economically, right? They sure. expand out into multiple states. And yep. so we have a lot of scale, um that that people don't think about in the banking industry in Mississippi and, and so um, but but with that scale, we never gave up, like, the core relationship banking sort of philosophy that, that has always been a key to mm-hmm. the success of the industry here. And so um, there have been a ton of challenges for banks to work through uh, because the goalposts keep moving.
4: Yeah, exactly. Um,
23: but the banks, you know, at the end of the day, they all know they're only as good as the businesses in their communities. And so – um, to, for, for the bank to succeed and prosper, the whole community has to succeed and prosper. And so, they've done. You know, a lot of banks sort of look at PPP loans as a form of customer service and a form of community service. It's just something we're going to do, no matter the challenges, to help help the businesses that are that are struggling in our communities stay afloat through all this.
4: Yeah, and and the statistic you shared earlier about uh, what was it having the most loans? Was it under one hundred fifty thousand of any other state? Correct. Right, that's incredible. What do you attribute that to? Just the, the composition of our our business community and the, and the size thereof. Is it that, or did we just do a great job at, at um, I guess just originating and participating, or maybe combination of the two?
23: I think it's it's a combination of the two. I mean, you know, we we don't have. The the national media narrative that emerged on PPP early was, oh, the Los Angeles Lakers got a PPP yeah. loan, and and, and Shake Shack got a PPP loan. Yeah, we we don't have those folks here. We just have real small businesses that are that are locally owned and locally operated, and and they all know their banker, you know, on a personal yeah. basis. Sure. And, and so um, the banks care about those folks because they go to church with them, yeah. and They coach little league with them, and their kids play together, and, and all that stuff that sort of makes um you know small town southern living yep you know what what it is so it was it was it was a key uh, yes it was a combination of both but um the banks did work really hard in the first round to make sure when it was a rush to get the money you know because we knew it was going to run out gotcha members worked really hard to make sure they could get as much of it as we could and we outperformed expectations on the state which was which is great and i was really proud of our folks for that And, and you know and now uh, in this round, too, it's a slow trickle, right? It's about yep. 4,000 loans a week. That's not a slow We got a
4: break yet. coming up, Gordon. Man, okay. I appreciate you coming on today and, and providing all that insight. And stay safe, my friend. We'll talk soon.
23: Thanks for you too.
4: JT Show will be back. Stay with us.
8: This is JT. If you like me, you like to deal with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and they're headquartered in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks 1-800-647-8540 or on the web, MajesticMetalsINC.com. The American Heart Association is working to put water
6: within reach of Mississippi children. That's why we're asking you to support House Bill 925. This important legislation would make clean water more accessible to school students and mitigate the spread of germs by ensuring newly constructed and majorly renovated schools include water bottle filling stations we can improve the health of Mississippi children text water MS to
15: 46839 with springtime right around the corner it's time to start thinking about your lawn equipment needs this is your local outdoor power equipment specialist Cameron Hartley here to tell you all about the great wintertime specials we have going on right now at Hartley equipment Homeowners, from now until the end of February, bring in your Exmark mower and receive 10% off on seasonal tune-up services. For this special, we're also offering free pickup and delivery within 10 miles of the store on all Exmark mowers. If you're ready to trade in your old Exmark for a brand new one, then Hartley Equipment will offer you top dollar on your trade-in. Right now, we have financing options with 0% interest and no money down. Get a new Exmark Zero Term for as little as $79 a month. With the purchase of any new XMART Zero Turn, we're going to give you a free first service and a $100 prepaid Visa gift card. Come by Hartley Equipment in Gluckstadt and see for yourself why we're the number one XMART dealer in Mississippi. And as always, shop shop smartly, Smartly. shop Hartley.
7: it.
13: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There's a winter weather advisory in effect for central Mississippi all the way into the Delta region.
11: And we're still getting reports of uh, some light wintery mix across the Louisiana parishes, across the Delta, and we're still getting icing, and that's still bringing down tree limbs and additional power outages are being reported across the area.
13: Mike Evingston at the National Weather Service says we'll start to see a little bit of warm up from the southeast this afternoon and the precipitation falling Across the area will taper off.
11: By this evening, we're looking for dry weather. Unfortunately, over the next couple of days, temperatures are really gonna plummet at night. We're gonna go with a hard freeze warning, generally along the northwest of the Natchez Trace, where some of the coldest temperatures expected to get down below twenty degrees. And if you were
13: planning to attempt to travel on the Natchez Trace Parkway, don't. Rangers say trees are down and the parkway is basically a sheet of ice and snow. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis
2: JT and Rhino. Not as globally sensitive as you'd think. The JT Show is on Super Talk Mississippi.
5: I have a little bit
4: for being with us today on the J.T. Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, Gerard and the the great Perez. <laughs> yeah, well. With, <laughs> uh, what stamina you have. I got to tell you, it's incredible. And um, mm. as I told you at the break, we are grateful to you. I know our listeners are and appreciate you being here and <laughs> keeping everything going as much as we can. Who's in the building? Me and you and at one time Gallo. And Andy, Andy is here doing the news. And um, our our friend that mans the garden area. I haven't Elami, even seen. Was, uh, Actually, it was the young lady there. This oh, morning. okay. Yeah. She's the one that asked me, what the heck was I doing walking yesterday? <laughs> out by the car what are you doing? And uh, attempted to explain my concerns about driving, and I think she got that. But nonetheless... We are here, we are, we are honking and doing fine, and got a little water trickling there in the, in the restroom, so we're, we're doing good. I'm looking at the power outage map. Uh-oh. It is spreading, and it again, it seems to be focused on the central part of the state. A couple of, two or three counties to the north of uh, the Jackson area, and two or three counties to the south, just sort of draw a circle around that, if you will, and, and there's outages all over the place, Uh, Holmes County, which only has, by the way, 4,910 accounts, it's not a a very populated county, 2,510 outages, Mm. 51%. That's a lot. Um, So Yazoo County, is this surprising, Perez? It says 1,338 accounts. Wow. That doesn't seem like a lot for Yazoo. Now, obviously, it's um, a lot of farming area up right. there. Beautiful flat land. When you, you can just tell as soon as you kind of get into that part of the state. From this part of the state, it's like it's almost a different world. It is. Um, from the landscape perspective. Very flat. But anyhow, 1,125 of those are out. 84%. Sounds like a lot, Scott County. Forty-seven percent of their fourteen thousand five hundred and sixty-six accounts. So, gosh, I hope uh, that that situation gets better. And I'm, I'm confident the crews are out. Um, I know we had Haley Fisackerly on the line with with Paul earlier, and I know they've got all the resources that they can out and about and deployed. So, news on the COVID situation, and I think this stands to reason, right, cases in Mississippi just released by the Department of Health, 134, and you got to believe this because maybe nobody's getting tested to some extent. You can't get out and get tested. You can't get out and
3: get tested, nor can you get out and get your vaccine.
4: Yeah, so, and that has been, I think, on the Department of Health site, they have the announcement and the list of all the sites that are not, uh, vaccine sites, vaccination sites that are not operating. And along those lines, I caught a wind of a report uh, I had a lot of time to read last night. So service members are objecting to receiving the vaccine, thousands of them. Uh, frustrated commanders, says the report, frustrated commanders scramble to knock down Internet rumors and find the right pitch that will persuade troops to get the shot. Some Army units are seeing as few as one-third agreeing to the vaccine. So you can't achieve the so-called herd immunity without that. It says that they're searching for answers. Air Force Major General Jeff Talaferro, Vice Director of Operations for the Joint Staff, He told Congress on yesterday, Wednesday, very early data suggested just up to two-thirds of service members who were offered the vaccine accepted. said that's higher than the rate for the general population, but still it's declining is what he says, and it's a problem. And he says a lot of it just comes from stuff there, of course, consuming on the Internet. Lots of information that they're seeing that he says is, is uh, not true. He says, we can't make it mandatory yet. Yet. Mm-hmm. Vice Admiral uh, Andrew Lewis, commander of the Navy's Second Fleet, said that last week. He said, I can tell you we're probably going to make it mandatory. As uh, soon as we can, just like we do with the flu vaccine. I didn't know that. Just. Normal, so-called flu vaccine. So, I don't know. It's uh, it tends to be a problem when you got that many people. I guess that close together, and you, you um, you're trying to prevent spread and so forth. And by the way, there's new information. Don't have all the details, or didn't didn't really dig down into the details. But it appears that maybe the vaccine does make spreading uh less likely. Does At first, there was not some confusion okay. on that. It wasn't clear as to whether or not, not only would it protect you from contracting the disease or having, I guess, a bad, uh, serious conditions. You could still get it, but the vaccine protected you, I believe, from having um, really serious health consequences as a result, but more importantly, to prevent spread. And so there's some new information that suggests that that uh, is the case. We shall see. You know, yesterday I stated that I thought masks were were maybe the most polarizing, divisive uh, issue in our country, more so than all the other stuff that seems to separate us. And uh, shared with our audience, you were aware of it. This new term that's been uh, established oh, being Fauci. Fauci? Yes. <laughs> so there's a Florida restaurant this is a report uh that's circulating now <laughs> and he's got a sign a professionally created sign posted on the front window that says uh, it's got the face mask with the circle and the line through it the no i guess is what that that uh, graphic means that symbol means it says face diapers not required that's what he's calling them it's face diapers so He's kind of going out there and saying, you don't have to wear a mask. I don't think Florida has a mandate, if I'm not mistaken.
3: No, they don't.
4: And uh, he said he did this on Facebook. He posted it, of course. And it was shared hundreds of times. <laughs> and the, uh, the owners wrote, howdy, folks. Happy Valentine's Day. So they put it up. Sunday on Valentine's Day, a friendly reminder that we do not, in all caps, do not, require face masks. This is a restaurant located in Spring Hill, Florida. So we're getting a ton of feedback, both positive and negative, like the family, the young family we discussed yesterday that was out enjoying the snow and uh, got called out by the superintendent of schools in New Jersey for not wearing masks. Out sledding in the snow without anybody miles around. Oh, wow. So, crazy stuff. Um, (laughs) I got uh, some other news here from Saudi Arabia. Okay. (laughs) They were hit by a rare blizzard. Saudi Arabia? I had to do a double take on this story. Saudi Arabia hit by a double blizzard, snow covered the areas. And so (laughs) I'm looking at the story, and there is a photo of camels in their normal Uh -uh. laying down position, and they got snow on them. Not sand, mind you, as is found in those areas where camels uh, are indigenous. They've got snow on them. So they said snow blanketed also parts of Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Libya, and Israel. Has not, they've not seen snow in that area in decades in the Middle East. It's Thursday's highs in Saudi Arabia, uh, that would be today, we're right. ahead of them of course, 56 degrees with about 36 degrees in the Tabuk area. But that's really unusual for the desert. As you can imagine, so wow. if, we ain't we're, th- if we're freaked out, imagine <laughs> them. I mean, this photo of the camels with snow on them. That's wonder how they wonder what they think. Like, what the heck is this? This, this snow? It's cold? <laughs> yeah. What is
3: this cold crap on my back? <laughs>
4: Jason in Flagstaff says the military will end up mandating the vaccines. I remember all the vaccines we had to take to go overseas, and there ain't nothing more scary than the anthrax vaccine or the polio vaccine for certain deployments. I thought we all got polio vaccines like at birth or shortly thereafter or something. I don't know. But anyhow, appreciate that. Wow. We'll take a break, take a breath as well, and come back with the final segment. I know you're glad to hear that (laughs) here on the JT shows. Thanks for being with us today. Stay with us for one more. We'll be right back.
8: Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental, where we create a comfortable environment for our patients. Capital Dental offers general and family dentistry and teeth whitening. Book your appointment today at capitaldentalinc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive. Pilium Corporation. When people hear our name, they say, cool name. What exactly do you do?
13: Great question. Pilium helps your company stay secure and current with IT support, IT security and forensics, cloud services and networking.
0: Plus, next generation body cameras, in-car video systems and mobile communications for public safety and first responder clients.
13: In short, Pilium Corporation helps our clients grow and thrive securely. Contact us at Pilium.com.
0: Smart people, smart business, smart solutions.
10: Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell.
6: When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, Consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years.
7: Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Jackson Area Attorneys. Online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only.
2: When you listen to Super Talk, you hear our team working for you. Great information, drilling down and getting to the core of the issues
1: that impact you.
13: They give you like the information you need to know. Super Talk
1: Mississippi. One of the things I enjoy most about raising catfish is the end result—the fish on the truck headed to the plant. I like that because we raised a good product with a with a good team and a good uh, result from from all the hard work that we've done. I'm Terry Cruz, and I'm proud to be your 2020 Arkansas Catfish Farmer of the Year. We all have to eat. So if you're gonna eat, eat U.S. farm-raised
22: catfish.
7: To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6-9 Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way, Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Hey,
2: hey, hey. Do you have an opinion on something you heard from JT or Rhino? Go ahead, grab your phone and text it to them. You can text at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. The JT Show on Super Talk, Mississippi.
5: Anyway you want. It. The way you need it Any way you want it She loves to laugh She loves to sing She does everything She loves to move She loves to groove She loves a lot love of things All night Mm-mm. All night All oh, every night That
4: distinctive Best of all time rock and roll voice in my opinion. The great Steve Perry and Journey. Thanks for that uh, little uh, little enjoyment there. Appreciate that. I was uh, thinking, wow, well, I'll get and, my
3: spirits up for the, this <laughs> last segment.
4: Yep, uh, absolutely, definitely appreciate that. So, <laughs> just before we get off the topic of the military folks, or to to close that out, not taking the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one of those uh, one of the service members said, "Well, I just said no because the army's always telling me what to do, and this was a case where I had a choice, so I just said no." <laughs> Fathom that logic there? No,
3: that's I, I got it. I got it. They said you you can or you cannot right take the shot. Well, yeah. I'm not taking the shot. Yeah,
4: because they knew they wanted him to.
3: But here's what's. <laughs> By the way, when you said the dude was a vice admiral, that means he is this close to being an admiral. That's true. He is about, they're about to make that way mandatory. That's probably true. (laughs) Yeah. This has been fun, kids. (laughs) But, sorry, no more choice. (laughs) No more choice. Your choice is to take it (laughs) and to take it. Those are your
4: choices. Ah, you got it. So, uh, before we go, we haven't said anything about it today, but. Uh, While we were on the air, uh, the great Rush Limbaugh, it was announced, had passed away at the age of 70. And, of course, much of the media yesterday was consumed uh, with uh, just speaking about and discussing his life, his death, uh, and his legacy. Some positive, some not. Now, I said yesterday, I thought that we could expect... His detractors, mostly from the left, he was obviously a, a, a conservative firebrand, would, uh, would get down in the dirt. And they did. Though Rush, regardless of what you think about his, his policies and his, and his worldview, his positions, he was iconic. He was a trailblazer. Uh, liberals despised him. He used to say he had a PhD in liberalism. He kind of made fun of himself. He was really good at self-deprecating himself, but he was fantastic at balancing complex information with humor. He could mock and ridicule political enemies in a lighthearted way, something we don't do much of very much, and he could distill complex issues that the average person could understand. He kind of gave a vocabulary and a voice and, frankly, instructed us with communication methodology and and terms and words we could use to defend conservatism. And he, he loved the country, but it doesn't really matter. There's a lot of people out there that, that hate him, and golly, the media, and especially the Twitterverse and social media just lit up last night with all sorts of negative statements about him Here's one from Jason Gilbert, an employee of The Daily Show. He says, rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. He got sucked down a toilet while shouting racial slurs. And, jeez, oh, uh, to paraphrase the late, this is from novelist Sherry Priest. To paraphrase the late, great Betty Davis, I always think about Kim Carnes in her song, she got Betty Davis Betty eyes. Betty D- yeah. That was an awesome song. You should never say bad things about the dead. You should only say the good. Rush Limbaugh is dead. Good. You know, I get it if you don't like somebody or they're on the opposite end of the spectrum from you politically. Because he was more of a political figure and a more of a political philosopher. Can't you just let somebody rest in peace without all that, give it 24 hours at least before you start attacking him. Mean, he's a public figure, and he, he certainly, uh, I think you have a right in that case to say what you want uh, about him, even in the public, because you disagree and whatever. I defend that right, but just as a matter of common human courtesy and decency, I wouldn't do that to my political foes that I disagree with. I I'm, I wouldn't jump on him within such a short period of time but here's one here from Daniel Summers MD I just found this one on Twitter Rush Limbaugh was a terrible human being in life and I refuse to abide by the convention that his death absolves him from criticism for his legacy of bigotry oh geez activist Charlotte Clymer said he was a coward and a white supremacist on and on and on and on. I, that's fine. Just give the guy 24 day, uh, Excuse guy 24 hours to rest in peace. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Please stay off the road. Stay safe. Don't forget Mississippi Blood Services. If you can make it down there in Flowood, they really need blood. They're open 11 to 5 today. Again, stay safe, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless.